0: Hello, and welcome to episode 141 of Relics of Ore. I'm your host, Greibach, and joining me here this morning are my usual cohorts, uh, Spirit and Evie. How are you doing this morning, Spirit?
1: Hi, I'm actually, like, ready to go. I don't know what was in my water that I drank out of a wine glass this morning, but I'm feeling good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's good. Maybe you mix some caffeine in with your water, so that would probably be really gross. Um... (laughs) But, uh, speaking of people that just woke up, how are you doing this morning, Evie?
2: Well, I just took a picture of how big my hand is, because apparently it's ginormous.
0: <laughs> I it's, I think your hand is normal-sized, I think your co-hosts here just have tiny, tiny little hands. I, I fully recognize that I have tiny hands, so, uh, out of context, I guess.
1: <laughs> we just spent, like, the five minutes prior to show measuring our hands and, and comparing to each other, and sending yeah. each other pictures of our hands.
0: Yeah, Kate and I have the same size hands, despite the fact that I'm, like, seven friggin' inches taller than her. (laughs) (coughs) So, pretty sure that I'm just the aberration here. But, uh, let's just move right on into the rotating cog. You know what they say, a patchless Tuesday, a mouse has nothing to talk about. So this week, we have a few gem store updates, really, that's about it. Nothing has... much has happened in-game, I don't believe, so we started trying to talk about this last week, and then we realized that we were just ahead of ourselves. So we have the Case Dagger skins. Do you guys like those?
1: Yes, they're very shiny, and they have flowers on them.
0: I really don't like the flowers, actually. I don't mind flower weapons, but I feel like the... Flowers really do not fit the aesthetic of the rest of the weapon because the weapons are I not give or- you that. the weapons are not organic looking in the slightest, yes, and I really thought I... that they l- they looked really cool, and then they have a random flower on the end.
1: I really I do agree with that, but they're one of the I have a lot of opinions about daggers. Okay, as someone who mains a thief, she says logging a lot of playtime on her guardian. Um, I have very strong opinions about daggers because they were my favorite and primary weapon, but then I don't like the the style of most of the daggers because some of them are like garden trowels and some of them are like swords. Um, so I think they have one of the cooler silhouettes, but I, I yeah, I definitely agree about the like organic inorganic. It seems like the flowers just like super glued under the end. That actually sounds like a thing like a baby Silvari would do. She's like, "Oh, there's a dagger,, oh, let's glue flowers to it, Bam
2: I <laughs> <clears throat> with the daggers, I wish there were more that were um double edged because the animation yeah. for the dagger like assumes it's double edged and it really
0: bothers me.
1: yep, I totally agree, but that's just me and my numerous opinions on daggers.
0: I don't think it's just you. I have not spent a lot of time looking at daggers because. They're pretty much only an offhand for me at the moment on my Necromancer, and occasionally on my Elementalist, but I do agree, a lot of them are sort of, as you said, Garden Trowel, which I've never been- I've never been a huge fan of the generally super wide, huge, bladed pretty much anything, especially if it's supposed to be a one-handed weapon, and doubly especially if it's supposed to be a fast one, kinda. To me, it just makes me think of World of Warcraft, and I hate the aesthetic of World of Warcraft, so... Anyway, we also have a ram backpack and a mini ram.
1: Oh, okay. Listen, you guys, these are real cute. <laughs> and I know, I think Eric said on in 139, he was like, oh, they've kind of moved away from from cutesy things on the gem store. No. Um, they're not Quaggan, but holy crap. These things have eyes that you wouldn't believe they stared to your soul and go ah so i bought one against my will it started it it stared right and in directly into my wallet and some money floated out and into the computer screen it was awful <laughs> <laughs> but no I, I yeah i got you might it i want to have it that on looked my at super <laughs> I I put the ram backpack on my super fierce Norn guardian, and now she's got this adorable little backpack that stares at me and wiggles its arms. It's real cute and unfortunate.
0: (laughs) I guess, counter to... Well, counter to what Eric said, it's still not anachronistic, as it were. It still, at least, somewhat fits. It is an animal backpack. Yeah, I
1: definitely agree about that. It definitely... I would say fits the Gilders 2 aesthetic a little bit more than quaggin backpacks or fluffy hats, but it's still kind of in the same vein. I'm okay with it. I like both of them.
0: What is the what is this red lantern? I noticed it in the gem store, but I didn't really pay attention to it.
1: It's like a balloon. And it okay. follows you it's like when it, yeah, it's like a balloon or kite item that follows you around and it's a red lantern.
0: Gotcha and it looks like we're gearing back up for valentine's day rewards returning on the box of chocolate the bouquet of roses and did they return the valentine skins into the claim system
1: yeah, kind of they are worth two tickets instead of five or whatever they were um but, but not they the are... one like
0: they were the first year
1: correct but they're right. still a little bit cheaper um One thing that is super cool, if you haven't seen the bouquet of roses or the box of chocolates, uh, the bouquet of roses is cool because you can throw bouquets um, over your shoulder to people and they have to catch them. Um, So if you want to be a jerk like me, uh, you can group the lines arch by continuously throwing bouquets at them and then they'll get back and be like, why am I holding these flowers? Um, Because that's how I do things. Uh, but actually, the really cool thing about box of chocolates is you can shrink yourself down. They're like, um, like the chocolates in Alice in Wonderland, almost, where you like the little ones and the big ones. I'm not sure how many different things you can do with them, but one of the the advantages to getting a box of chocolates, and I, I haven't done this, but I've been really thinking about it, is that you can get them and shrink yourself down, and that's one of the ways to get your, like first person screenshots. Because you're so small, you can hide easily.
0: It's also useful for jumping puzzles.
1: Oh, I haven't thought about that.
0: Yeah. Making yourself smaller so that you don't- Especially if you're a Char or a Norn, so that you don't take up the entire friggin' screen is pretty nice. And it's nice for your fellow jumping puzzlers, too.
2: (laughs) But who cares about being nice to them?
0: Yeah, I mean, or you could just get on the Mad King's Clock Tower and use the box of chocolates to make yourself huge. Um, I actually don't know if you can do that in the Mad King's Tower specifically. I'm pretty sure you can. <clears throat> yeah, pretty sure they turned that stuff off. But anyway, <laughs> I remember back in the first Halloween, it was when they didn't really have any restrictions in the Mad King's Tower, and my friend started griefing people by summoning as many summons as he could. I oh, think he, God. yeah, I think he had a Safari Elementalist, so he summoned, summoned. Those summoned some of the elementalist summons, and then summoned an Oakart. I think Cancelvari summon Okarts as one of their racial scum summons.
1: Yes, like it's like ghosts. No. Yes. Yeah, I think it is. That sounds like a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he was doing that and running up the jumping puzzle with a freaking petting zoo.
1: <laughs> That's. See, I, I only ever saw a and...
2: ranger with spirits running after him in that. Yeah.
0: Anyway, that's pretty much it for the rotating cog. Let's just move right into the, once again, tentatively name- named Bramble Patch. So this week we've had a lot more random announcements from a lot of different sources, so go easy on us if we sort of <laughs> swim around and don't remember where things came from or who said what exactly. Because, holy cow, is it getting hard to keep track of things. Anybody have anything they want to start off with specifically?
1: Dinosaurs!
0: Dinosaurs!
1: Yeah, so... (laughs) (laughs) I was excited about dinosaurs in my game. I didn't know my hosts were dinosaurs. Um... (laughs) wow, that really just derailed my my thought train was hit by a dinosaur. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So on Monday, I think, I don't know the international line. What day is it really anyway? Um, What is time? Yeah. um, There was an IGN exclusive that was our first kind of look at stuff this week. And a lot of the stuff in that article kind of was elaborated on later in the week. But... um, what we did get right away was a new teaser slash trailer. It's about a minute long, and it has some really ex- like really cool flyovers of all the zones. Nothing super concrete. There's not a lot you can draw from the video, but right at the end, there's little little dinosaurs running along, and then you're like, ah, oh, they're so cute. And then giant ones crash out and eat them. So it was worth watching. Ten out of ten would um, would watch again.
0: Yeah, it was very Jurassic Parky with the, the little herd of dinosaurs running along, and then the big ones coming in and messing them up.
2: Friggin' yep. Triceratops T. rex Yeah. Is
0: that but what it was? Unlike the ridiculous new movie that's coming out, we don't have to explain why there's <laughs> hybrid dinosaurs. They just <laughs> exist in Tyria. So they talked about masteries in that article, is that right? A little yeah. bit. Somewhat, They've, yeah.
1: Kind of, like... Yeah, there was a little bit of everything, just, like, every yeah. everything has a little bit of everything, which is a nightmare for putting together show notes. But anyway, um, one of the, the more interesting things we've found out, I guess, at least more interesting to me, is they named a new NPC race called the Itzel, and then they kind of talked about how you can learn their language to unlock things with them, like, it'll start out like you can... You can speak to them, you'll get a vendor, and then as you get more advanced, maybe they'll start like trading combat abilities with you that'll help you overcome obstacles and collections for whatever you're doing in the jungle. Um, one thing I thought was interesting, and this is one of the things that I don't have a source on, they talked about how masteries are kind, kind of going to be working more along a, a Zelda or Metroid thing. Where, you know, maybe in the beginning of Zelda, you're going along and you see a little target up on a tree. And you're like, there's a target in that tree. And then later you come back with a hook shot and you're like, oh, I can do this now. And that's kind of like the feeling that masters are going to be giving you for for boss fights and for traveling and stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that's really an interesting idea. I've played Quaddle a couple times since our last show. And I was thinking about some of the things like the jump pads and stuff like that. And if they had those accessible only if you had masteries, that type of thing, to add some mobility to the fight or whatever, where you could hoof it. But say you had a mastery and it let you springboard around between these places or things like that. Could be interesting Interesting ways to incorporate those kinds of mechanics.
2: See, <clears throat> I like the idea. And here I am playing Double deck Advocate, by the way. However... Because of the particular audience that gravitates toward Guild Wars 2, I wonder how well received it would be if they put those kind of basically gates on doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because if we say need to hookshot into a canopy or whatever to get into a dungeon, that can be a huge issue.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah the- I think. Go ahead.
1: I suspect, um, you know, that's something I'm really worried about too, but I suspect, like, almost everything in Guild Wars, it'll have a soft cap. Like, Ascalon Catacombs Explorable Mode starts at 35, but you can enter there at any time, and I suspect it's going to be a lot like that, where, yeah, you can go, but you really might not want to be there until you have it, which I think I'm okay with. Um, Obviously, in, in... We'll have to see it in practice before that happens, but I think I'd be okay with soft caps. Not so sure about hard caps. If it's hard caps, then I might be real upset.
0: The whole system is something that's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out. Because on the one hand, I think it's a much more elegant way of adding new things to do and new goals and new tasks, and it's much more responsive than requiring an expansion for every new type of feature. Because if they deliver us new maps like they do in the living world, if we had masteries already, there would probably be a Silver Waste mastery line. I don't know exactly what it would give you, but you know maybe it would even be something like, you have access to the script tunnels even when they're blocked off, or things like that. And I think it's a much more organic type of progression system, so in that way I like it. And it also doesn't require that you get new gear and all those types of things. But there's always a danger that we might end up getting things that feel like they're too required, as Evie was saying. And mm-hmm. there's really no way to know that until we see the final implementation. But it's something that, you know, I think most Guild Wars players would caution them about because... <clears throat>
1: yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried. One of the things I saw in in this article is they mentioned for the first time specifically, that there will be a mastery track for Fractals of the Mist. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a little bit worrying to me, but then later on... Uh, I'm going to scroll down in the notes and find it, because I wrote it down somewhere. Um, they they talked a little bit more in-depth about what those masteries will be. Um, and it's stuff like uh, getting better rewards, unlocking more powerful infusions, which I think is good because... Plus five infusions are really annoying and I think that once they get past past 50 for fractals it's gonna get really tough to like cram all that agony resist onto your gear so that that type of thing is seems really useful for me um, the only other thing is when, actually in that same that same bit where they're talking about it it says gain powerful new abilities to overcome difficult fractal challenges which, worries me because then it's like well how much of fractals is based on your because fractals is already in this weird zone for me i enjoy fractals i'm at level 50 in fractals um i play them quite a bit not as regularly as i used to but there's already this element for me um in fractals where i have to think how much of this is skill and how much of this is arbitrary numbers right like once i put enough gold sinks, basically, into my armor, then I can survive, and it doesn't doesn't matter as much about my skills. So that, that bothers me a little bit, and the potential for an increased amount of reliance on things that I just have equipped kind of scares me.
0: Yeah, that's, that's actually the exact same place that I'm at with Fractals, although with a little bit different of a conclusion, which is that That's why I haven't really gone past level 30 Fractals, because I feel like I've experienced all of the actual skill mechanics in Fractals Mm -hmm. to such an extent that I just don't care about getting more Agony resistance so that I can fight against more Agony, and I don't find a 1% increase to all of the enemy stats to be an interesting way of giving extra challenge, so I just kind of quit Fractals, because... <clears throat> like you said it's it's a time and money and gear sink that i just don't i don't care about it doesn't give me a good feeling like i've overcome something by going into mm-hmm. higher levels of fractals it just makes me feel like i'm spending money so that i can spend money <laughs> and so i think that does worry me to some extent as well that if i see this being really a huge plus for some of my friends in Twit Guild that love fractals and run them every single day but are getting tired of drop rates and things like that because they called out specifically drop rates being tied to use in some way. Mm-hmm. But for me I feel like it's going to just be a push in the other direction and just say well it's really still not going to be worth it unless I invest a whole bunch more time just to make it <clears throat> worth it. And I've already made the decision that I don't really want to invest that much more time in fractals, and so it's just going to be like, well, if you really want to enjoy it, you can put another couple hundred hours into it, and I'll just go. Or
3: <laughs>
0: how about how about not?
1: Yeah, I feel like I don't know. It'll depend on on the group content that comes out of out of Heart of Thorns, but there's definitely going to have to be some kind of like priorities to where you're investing your mastery points because that's yeah that's another thing is that you have to decide how you want to progress your not your character i guess it's your account but you have to decide how you want to progress you can't be doing a whole lot of things simultaneously or if you are it's actively hindering your progress towards other stuff um which i'm not sure i like but that'll be something we have to deal with when it comes out
0: so while we're on that, let's just start talking officially about the actual blog post, because that's sort of okay. getting more into... They got a little bit more into the blog post uh, with some of the details that we're talking about with... Didn't didn't they? Or am I mixing it up? Didn't they talk about Masteries in that blog post? Or was that also... They...
1: No, they did. There was a blog post on Masteries. We can totally talk about that.
0: <clears throat> right. because Well, because they, they talked about... Oh, I see. So yeah, we had we had a link to the general heart of the mist, but there was also the masteries one. <sighs> yeah, so a point that was brought up that I thought was interesting was that since masteries are going to be based on the region that you're in, and oh gosh, we should back up. But I guess I guess let's back up and just say that they revealed that once you're level eighty, you'll no longer have an experience bar. You will that will be a bar dedicated to working towards a mastery. So you unlock a mastery with the mastery points that you earn from doing specific tasks, and then you mm-hmm. sort of uh, level it up by gaining experience, sort of. And I guess
1: it's yeah, it's unclear like if you get experience towards a mastery point or if they're like finite points that you get, and you have to accumulate so many to get like a skill.
0: Well, the way, the way it sounds to me is that you gain... Fu- there are mastery points that you get from doing specific things, like Map Complete is, I think, one of the ones that they mentioned, and mm-hmm. that you would then use that to say, okay, I'm going to unlock this mastery to start working on, and then once you've done that, you use experience, the experience bar to basically either, I don't know, to unlock it or... Or to level it up? I don't know. That that part is a little bit unclear. But that they're separate systems. That they're, that it's mastery points to start or unlock a line, and experience points to level it up, I think? See,
2: I got the impression that they were just getting rid of experience after level 80, and the bar just shows the progress towards mastery.
0: Right, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of using an analog for mm-hmm. like cuz it doesn't because they did say that you're going to lose your you're not going to be gaining skill points from gaining levels past 80 as it were um but I sort of I guess I'm sort of envisioning it uh, kind of like the World V World thing where gaining experience goes towards your world rank if you will
1: right yeah i think that makes sense especially with the the amount of experience consumables they're pushing on us because guys I can really only make so many more alts like even I there will there will be a point where I just say no more and the, the tomes just pile up in my bank
0: yeah so so rereading this blog post the ability to train mastery is unlocked at level 80 uh, for all players that own heart of the thorn or heart of thorns which is interesting in and of itself that they're not doing any backporting of this system mm-hmm. um when this ability is unlocked, your character's experience bar will change to become a mastery training bar. This bar will track your progress on training, the mastery tra- track you currently have selected, showing both abilities you are training towards and those already earned from the track. To all your mastery track, spend mastery points, and change which mastery you are currently training, click the mastery training bar to bring up the mastery tray. Um, blah, blah, blah. To train a specific mastery track, you must first unlock it by spending mastery points. Mastery points are awarded for completing various pieces of content. Things like completing chapters in your personal story, certain achievements, blah blah blah. Each mastery point can only be earned once per count, so while mastery points allow you to unlock mastery tracks, they're also an indicator of how much of the game you've experienced. Once you've unlocked a mastery track tier with mastery points, then you begin training that mastery. Mastery tracks are trained by gaining experience while the mastery track is slotted. So, it sounds as though the experience bar is not going to gain you mastery points, that you're going to unlock trait lines, quote-unquote. They're not actually traits in the classical sense, but... You're going to unlock mastery lines with the mastery points, and then you're going to train them to actually get benefits from them with experience.
1: Okay, that makes more sense than... Yes, okay, I'm on board now.
0: Right, but... So, as a consequence of that, though, the they said that your masteries are going to be sort of region-specific, so if you're in... Uh, the heart of thorns areas they have their own masteries there that are heart of thorns masteries but the regular world is going to have its own masteries and then possibly if they ported masteries into some other system or into other regions or whatever that they would have their own tracks and so experience that you gain in heart of thorns goes towards a heart of thorns mastery that you have selected but if you leave heart of thorns then you have a regular world mastery selected. And you train towards that when you're in the regular world. So it's like keeping track of different experience bars in different regions where the masteries are based out of.
1: Right. So that reminds
0: me of um, uh, title tracks in Guild Wars One. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of the of the different racial, um, yeah, like the Norn and the Asura tracks and all that stuff in in Eye of the North. Did you have something to say, Kate? Mm. Okay. So anyway, that brings me back to what I was originally about to say, which is that some people have raised a concern that it's going to make them feel like they have to grind experience in a specific area or zone because they want that mastery, whether or not they actually are wanting to play there at that time. So say you're working on a Hang Glider Mastery and you really want to be messing around in Silver Waste, but Silver Waste isn't part of Heart of Thorns, so any experience you gain in Silver Waste doesn't go towards the Hang Glider Mastery line, and so some people are worried that it's going to basically encourage you to find experience farming spots in a specific map and just grind out experience, because you can only get a mastery in a specific subset of areas. Uh,
2: uh, Okay. The whole experience grinding thing is going to happen. Yeah, that's not even a like a worry yet. It's going to happen. If this is the way the system is going to be, it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it is, and it's it raises some interesting concerns about how they want to balance the experience requirement rate, similar similar to how they ex- like they balance the cost of things around sort of how well you can acquire those materials, but only if you're trying. I don't know. Food for thought.
1: Yeah, I guess, uh, at least right now, it sounds like if you are working towards a specific mastery, so, so like, to take the hang gliding example, if you're working on hang gliding, but you have to be in Heart of Magoom, or, yeah, Heart of Maguma is the new thing. I get it confused with Heart of Thorns. There's too many hearts and mists and Magoomas. Hearts of the North.
0: Well, Heart of Heart of Maguma and Heart of the and Heart of Thorns are effectively the same. I mean, Heart of Thorns is the entire expansion, but it's going to be adding the Heart of Maguma region, so they're at least somewhat analogous if you're talking about this.
1: Okay, yeah. So, if you're in in the Heart of Maguma training your glider mastery, it makes sense to be there because you can't you can't go like you can't use glider mastery in another Plains of Ashford, so it wouldn't make sense to train it there. Does that make sense? Or am I just... I feel like I just... I had a point, but I argued in a circle.
0: It makes sense from an immersion standpoint. It's just that, perhaps from a character progression standpoint, if what you really want to finish unlocking or leveling up is, say, a Hang Glider Mastery, that sort of locks you into a specific subset of zones where maybe you really want to be doing Plains of Ashford content but you want it to be chipping away at your Hang glider mastery, which it won't do. Right. But it does make sense from as you know, as you said, sort of a quote unquote game logic or a sort of immersion standpoint where just like in Guild Wars One, in order to get rep on the Norn track, you had to be in Norn areas and you know, similar with every other every other racial area. So
1: Yeah, I guess I guess what it comes down to yeah, I guess that's what I was after is it just if you are using your glider to level up your glider, it doesn't make sense to me to to be able to level your glider by running Ascalon catacombs, which doesn't use it at all.
0: But I don't think you actually have to be using your glider to level up your glider. I think you just have to th- be gaining experience.
1: Well the at least in the in the vein of the glider, when it like the examples they've been giving is once you unlock a glider, um, you can use it to get to specific areas that you couldn't get for, and unlock more mastery reward- rewards that way.
0: Well, that's true. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Yeah. So I yeah, that bit makes sense to me, but experience might not. I guess. Yeah. It's just one of those things that we'll just have to wait and see, and then I'll have a better formed opinion once I see it.
0: So, how do you guys feel about losing skill points per level? In, in air quotes, level, since we weren't actually gaining levels, uh, post-80. It, eh. it
2: kind of bothers me, I'm not gonna lie, but at the same point, you get so many skill points from, like, champ bags and stuff that it's kind of like, eh.
0: Yeah, since we did our last show, I believe I've earned 150 skill points from scrolls that are just sitting Holy in my bank. Holy crap. So, turns out Silver Waste gives you a lot of materials.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess... It's a little bit weird for me, especially since I have so many alts. My skill point scrolls tend to get spread out on them as I need things. I think it it could have potential problems. Um, We know that the existing trait system is getting reworked slash coming out, uh, but that would be... Sorry, go
0: ahead. I was just going to say, for which I am so happy. Oh god, yes. I don't know what they're going to replace it with, but I feel like it has to be better. And so I am just not even going to roll an alt until this happens. Not that I usually roll alts past my main eight anyway, but... Anyway. Not everyone's eight. Yeah, Yeah. continue.
1: (laughs) And I respect that. But yeah, I've got a lot of alts and getting skills for them, and and gearing, or not like gearing them up, but um, unlocking traits and stuff, at least right now, and if uh, traits are going to require anything, any skill points in the future, um, I can see that potentially being a problem just because it'll be a lot harder to, or it'll require a lot more time investment on a specific character to get that. Um, I can see it potentially being a problem with, and it, problem I use kind of liberally because it might not be a problem for some people but I can see skill points becoming scarce for things like legendaries um the the process of making a a mystic clover and the process of getting your bloodstone shard for legendaries could be a little bit more difficult um and the the special exotic weapons that have components like that um with the different skins, I can't even think of what mystic... calls right now. <clears throat> yeah, the mystic weapons, the things like Volcanus and Mjolnir, and Infinite Light all have a skill point requirement. So I don't even know that's a bad thing. I can just see potentially those things becoming a little bit rarer. Maybe not a bad thing, but if skill points are rare, it's going to affect. I think a lot more than people things. realize.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's just, I guess it depends on how willing you are to do a focused style of gameplay. Because if you do the World v. World, and by World v. World I mean Edge of the Mist, Train, or you do Silver Wastes, you drown in skill point scrolls. I mean, I've gotten mm. 250 in the past two and a half weeks, and Holy that hasn't crap. been from particularly active play. It's just that you can get a stack of champ bags in you know a couple days of silver wastes and vine wrath and because because i've been i've been just leaving the bags until i get to a full stack and i've had to go through it a couple times already through full stacks of chant bags and yeah it's you can get a lot if you do it that way i mean i i agree it will in some ways it affect the economy but uh, or you know the sort of skill point e- economy, if you will, but no, it will actually affect the economy. So, <sighs> well, that's true. Yeah, it'll it'll affect both. But there are avenues for earning a metric buttload of skill points <laughs> from a few different a few different ways. So, yep, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sort of pre pre queuing up legendary resources and. Between being able to get the Obsidian from Silver Wastes and being able to get karma from Silver Wastes and then getting that many skill points from Silver Wastes, I've already banged oh and that many that much Ecto from Silver Wastes just from the sheer number of rares you get. Um you know, I mean I I have my two fifty Ecto now and my I have finished my clovers and another two fifty Obsidian and I'm sitting on two fifty skill point scrolls. And <laughs> I've pretty much only been doing it for like a month. So yeah, I, I'm not overly concerned with that aspect too much. But it does sort of mean that it's going to be pushing players into those types of activities, whether or not they really like them, which some people may or may not like. Did I just hear a cat? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there's, oh my God, there's still so much to talk about in this blog post. Um, Anybody want to talk about...
1: Outposts? Um, sure. <laughs> Why not? I guess it, it doesn't sound like something that's that exciting to me. The, the gist is, um, there will be outposts, so think of, like, Claypool or something, and instead of events just being strewn haphazardly around the zone, they're very much centered on the people of Claypool, um, and directly tied to their ability to function as an outpost um so in the in the context of queensdale it would be um the humans versus centaurs uh keeping the people of claypool fed stuff like that Mm -hmm. um the closest it's basically oh god i don't want to use the word quest hub but kind of it's a place where all the events are tied directly to the story um, and it's a place where events will be starting and ending from so that there's a cohesive center to it so you can easily find a lot of events and stuff to do. Which, okay, <laughs> it doesn't seem like a particularly exciting feature to me. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see outposts. It just seems like something that'll kind of happen in the world. It's kind of a um, rebranding, almost. yeah. Mm-hmm. They said uh, the closest existing analogy is the the Silverway sports, um, but obviously improved on, on the towers, but in that sense where you have a central location, there's events going on around it, you have to capture and defend it and then maintain it. And then there, additionally, there's also several levels of completeness, I guess, because it's not the example they've been using in Heart of Thorns is that there's a camp with Laranthir and the Pale Reavers, which is really cool, by the way. Uh, to see, if you don't know, Laranthir is uh, associated with the Vigil, and he's been heavily involved with the Pact, but we haven't heard a whole lot from him for a long time. The Pale Reavers were a, a group of sniper Silvari that had a very big role in the end of the personal story. And they've all been brought back, and they they work at this outpost. And then you go around the outpost, bringing in um, resources for them, shoring up their defenses, uh, just generally trying to to protect them. And then the second phase of the zone happens at night, and the Mordrem come invade. And depending on how well uh, you've shored up their defenses, how many events you've completed, how successful those events were that directly impacts how well they're able to survive the night
0: i sort of i think it's really interesting that they're introducing some of these i mean that they're sort of keeping up this trend that they introduced in silver waste of work on things for a certain amount of time and then depending on how well you do it you know it comes to a head at a certain point in the future right um yeah yeah it's it's interesting stuff and you know like I said earlier it's there there definitely feels like there is a degree of sort of rebranding of some of their things that they're uh, of some of their content that they created mm-hmm. because several of the things in this article, in this in this blog post sort of seem like they're saying well it's kind of like what we did in Queensdale or it's kind of like what we did in the base game but we've sort of refined it and pushed it in this direction a little bit more which right. uh is interesting um. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's in some ways, like you said, it's kind of hard to get excited about some of these things, but yeah. I think they're going to be good. Like they're they're good. They're not necessarily exciting, if that.
1: Yeah, actually, I wanted to ask you guys. I'm very curious what you think about this because, uh, one of the things they talk in in this blog post is that they really learned that map wide objectives are great. Um things like queensdale to use that example again um only have 50 percent of the zone like the zone wide events dedicated to the the quote-unquote story of the zone where in queensdale it's the humans versus centaurs only about 50 percent of the stuff actually relates to that um my concern with saying oh is my computer breaking
0: not that i can hear okay it'll sound well, it's
1: fine just, it's just doing weird things so i'll keep talking Um, my concern is that uh, if every zone requires a map-wide objective, how are they, at least with the Heart of Thorns zones, we know for a long time that those will be populated. Sure. But with Heart of Thorns, is it going to move people out of Silver Waste and Dry Top? We've already seen that a little bit with people who have shifted to Silver Waste, which is clearly a better farm than Dry Top
3: yeah so now no it's kidding. hard to
1: get uh it's hard to get the high tiers of stuff in dry top, which I don't know if it's a good thing requiring map wide events in every zone to, like do you guys have any thoughts on that? I just are you worried about, yeah it's
2: good for like the initial hype and all that, <clears throat> but it's something that needs to be constantly looked at and be like, okay. There aren't that many people here now. We need to adjust this,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and like you said before, I actually think it's time for them to already look at dry top.
0: I think that there's sort of a tangential answer answer, not really tangential, but there is a relevant answer uh, that may come into play that's hard to predict. Because I think what you're worried about is a very real concern. And we've already seen it, as you said. We've already seen it in the existing Guild Wars 2 content. Like, mm-hmm. not to... I mean, to say nothing of just even the old zones. But even among the new zones, you know, um, Silver Silverwastes is, is the go-to farm place. And it has driven people out of Dry Top, for the most part. And... Yeah, it's it's definitely a real concern to think about. I think that a possible saving grace that they may have is, ha- depending on how they do it, things like the mastery system, because mm-hmm. they may introduce incentives to go back to older zones and tie them to specific masteries to learn or to level up or things like that. So... It won't keep them as populous as the brand new zones where everybody's spending all their time and hype, but it may at least sort of help maintain a minimum population density that's important
1: mm-hmm.
0: but i I agree with both of you I think it's a it's definitely a real concern for future or for 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 content in general it's it's frustrating if you want to do something and there simply aren't enough people around to make the critical mass happen so yeah. yeah,
1: I guess I'm um, I'm hopeful that they've learned a lot more about event scaling. Um, but things like, one of the examples they gave again with the Laren Theory and the Pale Reavers is as you push... Actually, this leads perfectly into another thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, as you push further and further into the zone, and as you complete more and more events, the <laughs> chance... To see a Mordrem Wyvern and start that that event or group fight, we're not quite sure what it is, but they're phrasing it as though it's a, a challenge. Like, I, in my head, I envisioned it as a world boss, just from the way they phrased it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? Like, it, it seems to me as though... Uh, if you do not complete all these events, you will not have a chance to kill the Wyvern, which we... Hmm, I don't know how do I want to phrase this? It sounds like the old system of world bosses, which is fine, I guess. I didn't really have a problem with it. And yet, at the same time, they've moved away from that to having the world bosses on timers. Um. So, any thoughts about that?
2: There's a reason... They moved those bosses to timers. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <But clears throat> there's a lot of ways that that could be taken. It could be sort of more like uh, uh, Citadel Flame and the Circle, whatever dungeon, Asura, I can't remember the name of now. Crucible? Yes, Crucible of Eternity, where there's an event that runs in order to, like, unlock being able to do it. And it just happens every now and again. And then it has to go through before you can start doing it again.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or it could be, a, like, oh, this event chain is going to start, and you have to make it all the way through to actually get to the boss. But you can fail it somewhere in the middle. So it it, it really just depends on how it ends up playing out.
0: I know that I have... I have mixed feelings on how it sounds, because, like Evie said, there is a reason that they move these things to timers,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they have gotten away from that with silver wastes, and it kind of drives me crazy, because if I want to do Vine Wrath, you basically play the game of watching the LFG tool like a hawk, to get into an already almost finished silver waste zone.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Very few people want to start from a scratch silver waste zone and take it all the way to completion. But because they're not on timers, they there's there's no way to know the progress unless you're using an LFG tool or trying to force spam guildies. And so I can understand why they may choose to do that. From their own their own motivations, because it's sort of, in many ways, requires more active player involvement. Like you can't just log on at five minutes to an hour and do a world boss and then log off, mm-hmm. with with the silver wastes. So it it could be a way that they're looking at it to try and increase player, um, in- increase playtime. You know, in- increase increase the retainability of players and get them playing for longer to say, well, if you want to do Silver Waste, you have to be spending at least a half an hour to do it. Mm-hmm. But... that's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword, exactly. It's I find it very frustrating because, like, I mean, we, we got into this discussion with Vraben on the last episode, and, you know, obviously he, <laughs> he thinks it's really scummy that sometimes I sit AFK in a Silver Waste map until things actually start picking up. But mm-hmm. for me, it's... Like I I I enjoy doing the sort of worldy world aspect of that map to a point, but I don't want to do it for an hour straight and then do the Vine Wrath. I like the Vine Wrath and I like the bosses and I like the actual challenging parts of it. And the the vents in that zone are very spammy and. You know, I, I know that the most efficient way, really, like I said, is to just sit on the LFG tool and just go back-to-back-to-back to back to back on zones that are 75% complete or 80% or 90%, and just jump straight from boss fight to boss fight to boss fight, which you can also do with these systems. But I feel like that's almost sort of an anti-play pattern, where like, they're encouraging you to hop between them, and they're giving you an incentive to AFK so that you can participate, Because the odds of you just random warping into a zone that happens to be almost ready are very low because people hop onto those bandwagons and then fill the zones up. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know. It's it's a really challenging question. And I don't... I don't know. It's... I don't want to say that the core gameplay is bad, because it's definitely not. But when I want to do those big, challenging, epic things a lot of the time I don't want to suffer through playing with random pugs on a random map to see if it will maybe happen in maybe an hour. Mm -hmm. So, talking about things like a chance of the Wyvern attacking, it seems like there's going to be a lot of more using personal networking than actually playing. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I guess it depends on, on what you need the wyvern four? because like as you're talking about silver waste i remembered well ah uh, there's the like the legendary bosses in silver waste which have no direct correlation with how to like how the zone progresses other than it's an achievement so i mean if it's just a rare boss that it's an achievement well whatever yeah so yeah well, i guess it, it comes seems down to the, the type it is but yeah because if we're me, talking it just sounds like go ahead. No, go ahead
0: I was just gonna say because if we're talking about the idea of it being sort of like the meta bosses or the really like challenging bosses, like that should be really desirable content, not just like messing around looking for an achievement. And and we may be wrong; it may be just like you said, just like a random dude that gives you an achievement. And if it is, then I don't really care about that. But right. if it is meant to be one of those sort of you know Vine Wrath equivalent type bosses, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's got some it's got some issues to work out. Possibly. Again, this is all speculation based on things that we've already seen, and speculating on vague words that they've given us, so it's hard to right. be completely yeah. concrete.
1: I guess just my point is, um, we've steered very much away in recent times of RNG events, and it sounds like they're being kind of reintroduced. Are you a fan of of rare randomly occurring events or would you rather have everything have kind of a like concrete spawn and maybe not like a like it just happens but that you can go out in the world spawn this event and follow the progression instead of waiting on a timer is that I think that's where I was going with that.
0: Evie do you have any thoughts on that first? I mean uh, it, it's
2: I'm skeptical really about everything there's there's such there's a lack of information as far as like we don't know exactly how this is going to play out so i'm just kind of like don't form any strong opinions yet you have to see exactly how everything is going to play out and then you can start complaining
3: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah
2: i think uh, that's definitely yeah wise that's... words
1: of wisdom
0: yeah it's uh, in terms of in terms of events that are rare and sort of random i don't mind them and i think they're kind of neat if they're just sort of like a random fun event but that comes with the consequence that if they truly are sort of rare and or random a large percentage of your player base will never find them mm-hmm and you won't get to do them very much so i feel that if you're going to go with any type of spawn pattern that is described in that way you have to be designing it with the idea in mind that a lot of people are never going to see it and whether or not that it depends on your goal for that event i guess um you know it's it's always fun to find some little event that you never knew existed but, if they mm-hmm. are making an event that is supposed to be like big and epic and prestigious, then I feel like it's sort of disrespectful to the player's time for it to just be random and like i don't i don't know unpredictable unpredict yeah I mean it doesn't necessarily have to be on a set timer, but some degree of predictability I think is nice, you know, especially mm-hmm. with how easy it is to fill up servers these days mm-hmm um i don't know yeah it's interesting stuff but let's move on we've still got several other topics to talk about uh namely just like rebranding we were talking about earlier we have the adventures which is sort of like rebranded hearts it sounds like
1: yeah they they said they were successors to hearts but it doesn't Necessarily sound like that to me.
2: The purpose makes it the successor, but like the actual way they function, not so much.
1: Right. Um, so to to put this in perspective, adventures are oh god, I can't say events. They're challenges that have markers in the map. So it'll be something similar to to seeing a guild guild event flag. You run up to them. You interact with them, and it spawns a challenge. And the challenge can be, uh, as the article describes, just about anything. Um, the example that we've seen so far is that you you kick off the challenge, and then you pick up a flamethrower, and you have to clear as many vine tentacles off a ship as possible within the time limit. Um, and these are fully repeatable. They actually have their own UI, and if you mess up or something, you're unhappy with something about the challenge you just want to start over, um, all you have to do is click the UI and it instantly resets everything. Which is kind of cool, um, especially for solo stuff. I'm a little bit worried because in the article they specifically mentioned working with allies, and if one of your allies says, ugh, I am not happy with the performance, I, I say allies in quotes is if they're pugs and you, you don't really know what they're going to do do they have the ability to just reset the challenge while you're in the middle of it? Um, which might just me be me being skeptical and, and a little bit nervous about everything, but that sounds like a potential problem to me. Um, as well as a, like, a great boon for obviously there's so many things um, like achievements uh, in in like in the the living story where you're going to do a boss fight, you mess up the achievement, you go, oh, I wish I could just start over, but you have to kill the boss uh, or go to character select, re- run through the whole instance again. So it sounds like a, a very good uh, to use a phrase we've been talking about a lot. Uh, you know, uh, respecting the player's time. It's it's very good in that way, uh, and also the performances in each of these are scored and there will be leaderboards for them. I don't know how they're going to manage that because it seems like the way they're talking there's going to be a lot of challenges or a lot of activities. No. Adventures. That's what they're called. Sorry. There's a lot of terms. They're probably um, going to put be the
0: leaderboards in game not like on a website. That would be my cool. guess as well. Like a, a leaderboard at yeah. Like a leaderboard at each adventure. You know you can just like look at the top ten or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, and also they they sort of mentioned that these can cover everything from sort of standard heart activities, general mini games like we were sort of originally advertised with the bar brawl type thing way mm-hmm. back pre-launch and shooting gallery. Yeah, shooting gallery, um, timed jumping puzzle runs, which I know some people would be really excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know.
1: They've actually said actually perfectly in that vein that. Um... They've been hinting at the fact that some of the activities we heard about before launch might be making a return in the form of adventures, which is exciting to me. Um, I think... And I have no basis for saying this, but I think it would be a boon to the cities to put adventures in there. Like the shooting gallery, like Barbara. I think it would be cool to draw people to the cities that way uh because that's kind of been maybe i don't know maybe a personal disappointment to me is that we don't necessarily have reasons to go to the different racial cities and you know maybe events aren't a good fit for cities or whatever for whatever reason they just haven't had time there's not much to do there i think with guild halls coming out and the potential for a lot of people to be retreating to those spaces, it would be a perfect time to implement something like activities in cities to draw people to them and give them a reason to 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 be there and spend time there to keep them populated.
0: I think yeah, I think that's a really smart observation. I hope they do that as well. I think that's Yeah. It's it's again, it's another framework that they can keep extending and expanding into existing and new portions of the world, which, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... It's sort of a recurring theme of Heart of Thorns, is that they're, they're really... It's really obvious to me that they're trying to build a lot of systems that are extensible and scalable, so I think that's really yeah. smart. Okay, um, that takes us to basically the last relevant thing, which was the points of interest stream... No, that's not yes. quite. There's a few other things. But the points of interest stream had a bunch of other things that they were to talk about. Um, did you guys watch that? I cut bits I missed... and pieces of it.
1: Yeah, I missed the first eight minutes, which meant I missed most of it, sadly.
0: I see. Um, yeah, it. I mean, I watched it again this morning... There were a lot of little tidbits, a lot of things that are sort of, that would just be rehashing what we just talked about, for sure. Um, they sort of described the adventures in a little bit more detail and gave those specific, that is like the ship and tentacles, vine tentacles, example. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do, do, you, like, do you guys want to talk about some of the things that people sort of sleuthed out on the stream that were not said but were revealed? I thought that was actually yeah. kind of funny The rid of it oh, oh boy yeah.
2: yeah,
1: there was actually a, a disconnect during the stream and so we got to see the the character select um, which had a revenant on it and we've seen the icon so I think that was definitely not intentional but it wasn't like a huge leak or anything and it got people stupidly excited for some reason um, So it's pretty hey. cool looking yeah it's like... I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It's like an eye, but if you took the, the pupil of the eye and drew a line vertically downward, then that's what it is. It's it looks like
0: symbol a symbol on Ritlock's blindfold. Well, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's reasonable. It looks like an Illuminati symbol to me. Like, not the exact thing, but that type of a... like a occult slash secret society slash, you know, that that type of a symbol...
1: Yeah, people were uh, actually on Tumblr. People were drawing comparisons to the Sheikah from Legend of Zelda. Their mm. eye symbol—think of like the like the lens of truth from Ocarina of Time*.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. It looks a lot like that. Now that you say that, um, yeah, it's a cool icon. I would say it's the most intricate icon by far. Like, it's the least obvious what exactly it represents. Right. Uh, there was a new. We don't know what it is, but there was a new icon above the F1 icon for the warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which might is a
2: specialization
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Um, I know that there's been some speculation on exactly what that is. Um, there's that. Some people are speculating on possibly the ability to use less than a full gauge of adrenaline. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just an interesting little little sniff out mm-hmm. oh people people looked at the mini map and then patched it into <laughs> where our current map is which yeah. Spirit had a funny little anecdote about that
1: yeah the, so basically if you looked at the map uh, which is called Verdant Brink by the way we found that out when they were loading back in from the, the character screen um, there was a kind of like a swatch of paint on the on the mini map which places the the part of the zone they were in kind of in the the northwest of dry top or the south southwest of silverways um but it looks as if we're gonna go through a zone portal it would be through the Leyline Cave and like that that far end of the zone would come out in the start of Verdant Brink if that makes sense. So if you're looking for it on the map that's about where it lines up, um, but this means <laughs> if you look on the map, the the pact uh, basically got annihilated the second they left Silver Waste. They they could not have made it a shorter distance, <laughs> and before they got annihilated, which is kind of silly.
0: Just means Silver Waste is on the brink of destruct on the brink of destruction at all times.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it is kind of funny. It is kind of funny to think about. Oh, you went, uh, oh, one mile.
1: Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) You did it. So, yeah, I guess that's just a a silly little thing. I was kind of hoping they'd make it farther, but... Oh, well. Um, Speaking of map completion, or maps, though, uh, one... Eagle-eyed viewer and I wish I had written down their name. But somebody in in the comments noticed that the there are despite more maps, there are less things to discover um to do heart completion. Or not heart completion, but map completion. And if you added up the three borderlands and eternal battlegrounds and subtracted that from our current total, it looks as if in Heart of Thorns, World B Worlds will not be a part of map creation.
0: I would be so happy if that's the case.
1: I would actually be a little sad. <laughs> um, well, you're coming from a
0: server that has nobody playing on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. It just... We've had this talk, I think, many times in the past, but to me... Legendaries uh, exemplify that you have experienced at least some degree of mastery of a very wide variety of content, and also accumulated a stupid amount of wealth. But that's that's another story. Um, and the world view world requirement isn't necessarily filled uh, satisfactorily to me by the 500 badges because that's what maybe. <laughs> a couple runs in Edge of the Mist, it's really not that much. So I think map completion is kind of a... It encourages you to go and participate in World v. World even if it isn't... Uh, even if you're not actively like leading a crusade to take every tower in the Borderlands because you needed those those points of interest. Even if you're just checking in regularly to... See, oh, these towers are blue today. Okay, I'll go get those, and and so on. I think it encourages people to get into that that play at least a little bit. Yeah, um, so I mean, be I guess sad to see that go.
0: I guess I would retort to that though that like it already doesn't include PvP at all. So yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I I mean, to me, the map completion of the Borderlands maps and the Eternal Battleground are can be extremely frustrating if you keep being the same color because there's certain points that effectively will never get captured in an active world v world map by your color right um so uh, to me it was the most it was one of those parts of a legendary that you have basically no control over and i think that in general that's not a good feeling because at least with badges, and this was more true before Edge of the Mist, because as you said, you can just farm those out in Edge of the Mist really fast, but at least there is some degree of control over earning badges on a personal right. level, but there's no amount of personal effort that will capture Stone Mist. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's very true.
0: Um, But re- regardless, I don't know. I-, I think that that's one of those changes that's not that huge. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I think things like World v. World seasons and such are a much better motivator to get people into World v. World. Hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Speaking of, it'd be nice to have another World v. World season.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been... A- nah, well it hasn't been that long. The stealthy one was over Christmas, wasn't it?
0: The stealthy one?
1: Yeah, they had the like the World v. World sneak attack where you... They didn't have white swords on the towers, and then every player killed was a point. Every player killed with a finisher was worth a point. Towards your total score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that wasn't technically a real season, though, was it?
3: Yeah, well,
0: it was. It yeah, I don't believe it. It necessarily coincided specifically with the season tournament. I don't remember what they call them anymore. Right. Um. But I always I always like those little as little sort of detours to get you into other game modes. Yeah. Speaking of other game modes, uh, it sounds like Stronghold, the new PvP map slash format, is going to be previewed at PAX East.
1: Yes.
2: Which makes me even more mad that I can't go this year.
0: I was going to ask you if you were able to go. That's sad.
1: I'll go to PAX Australia if they ever bring anything even remotely near me.
2: That's really going to throw me off, by the way. Because you don't have an accent, and you're like in a part of the world where most people have accents. So I still think you're in the United
0: States whenever I hear you.
1: Yeah. It makes me sad that I don't have an accent, <laughs> to be well, honest.
0: You have an accent to people there.
1: Oh, that's true. I had somebody come up to me and be like, Is that an American twang I hear? And I was like, Yeah.
0: I don't know if it's a twang.
1: Yeah. That's not that's not the words I would use either, but you know, whatever.
0: Is that one of those crazy Australian like slang words that just means its own whole separate thing?
1: I don't think so. But if we should not branch into Kiwi slang because I will just start ranting about these people.
3: <laughs> what do you mean these people?
1: <laughs> <laughs> New Zealanders lovingly I'll lovingly rant about them. But I will just say that um, one of the things I learned very quick is that they use mean as, like, a way of saying cool. So I was telling Christian something about, like, oh, yeah, I was doing this today with the gill. And he was like, oh, that's mean. And I'm like, but no, it was really nice. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, no, 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 It's it's cool. Oh. Uh...
0: It's like something being sick. Like, oh, that's sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah all right well speaking of random spirit ramblings i think it's time to push us into our last segment of the day
1: yay okay hello and welcome to cast cast the podcast within the podcast about the cast of other podcasts and the style cast of other podcasts this week on cast cast uh not a whole lot actually um i wanted to give a shout out to rock paper signet uh they're a guild on eu servers uh, this is the guild that, that Duke Witherheart and and company represent. I've just been playing with them a lot lately and they're a really stellar EU guild. They're very, um, very open and accepting and have a lot of events and are a lot of fun. So if you want to... If you're on EU servers and you can't necessarily party up with us and you're looking for a very cool crew to run with, I highly recommend them. And I will have links to their guild website in the show notes where I always put links for you guys because I love you. Um, Also, a Dungeoneer spreadsheet by Inkstay from Reddit. There's a link to that. It's essentially just a really nice, really nice spreadsheet to help you keep track of which skins you have and which ones you don't, so you don't always have to run to the vendor and mouse over everything in there to see what you have. And it is keeps track of like how many runs you have left to do, how many tokens you have, and so on. So that's really good for people like me who need to constantly be checking up on how well I'm doing. Uh, and then the last thing is that finally, and sadly, you guys probably won't hear this because we're having website issues at the moment uh, until after it's happened. Uh, but there are going to be relic skill missions starting up again, and at least currently. They're Saturdays at Reset. That might be moving when I get a job, but we'll see. Um, yeah, so Guild Missions with Relics. They are totally open to the public. I will invite anyone to the Guild. You can come and hang out with us, get your commendations, whatever. And there will be more Guild events to come. I'm aiming for two a week. And they are going to be stuff like World v. World, Story Mode Dungeons, Achievement Runs just going into a map and doing whatever we run across as a zerg, Um, so stuff like that. So if you want to join us in relics for that kind of thing, you can whisper me, you can send me a mail. My in-game name is Spiritface, S-P-I-R-I-T-F-A-C-E. I I punched my microphone in the middle of that because I was really excited. Um, And then the, the account number... If you want to add that on to the end is 5089 that's how you can get in touch with me or you can do it through relics the relics twitter miters at damn violas come play with us i'm really excited about it i'm happy to see everyone again and that's should be over today my voice is really going i've noticed it getting worse throughout the show so i apologize because it just keeps going in and out
0: well don't worry you're also lagging so you know
1: oh excellent did i go robot through all that
0: uh, not, not badly, just a little bit.
1: Well, this has been the auto-tuned face with as the podcast from the podcast about the cast of other secrets, and the... I'm just going to drink my water now. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> Thanks for joining us.
3: That was another episode of Relics of War. If you'd like to get involved, you can find us on any social networking sites such as Facebook, Twitter, Steam and many more just by looking up Relics of Orr, that's Relics of O-R-R. Similarly, if you'd like to send us mail, you can send that to relicsoforr at gmail.com, or go to our website, relicsofor.com, where you can record right there on the front page using our WordPress widget. Put on a headset and give us your feedback. Or, if you feel more comfortable with it, you can go ahead and just record the audio and send it to us as an OGG or an MP3 file. If you'd like to join us in-game, send a whisper to Cole, C-O-E-H-L, and Nexi, A-N-E-K-S-I, C-Squirrel Run, that's a C, and then squirrel, and then run, or Spirit Face to get in contact with us or join the guild. Last, we always love the comments, so if you want to go to our main site and start commenting on some of the posts that we've got or join our forums, you can have fun with that. If you listen to us on iTunes, you can find our page on the market and just leave a comment or a rating that you feel that we deserve. We appreciate that. We'll read them on the show.